0: Finds the inmost melody And every human heart Its native cry and Then in one rapture should him praise We'll sing Christ, be magnified
1: It's so good to be with all of you here who are in the house with us. And I always want to make sure I say hello uh, to all of you who are watching with us live, online, wherever you're watching from. Maybe you're on the beach right now, man, and we're just... Glad you're watching. All right, anyways, wish we were there. But glad you could take advantage of that wherever you are and just glad uh, that you're with us today. And if we haven't met yet, my name's Andy. Uh, I'm one of the pastors here and I'm so glad we can get together. I just never wanna take it for granted. I just, And I'm just glad that you're giving God this time. I'm just glad you're giving, wherever you are and, and being in the house with us today, glad that, that we're giving God this time. And uh, I wanna welcome you uh, to a brand new series. We're kicking this off today. It's a series that we're calling Press Play. And here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna be doing this all summer long, uh, we're going to be looking at some of the songs that we sing, uh, and we're going to give you the why we sing them, kind of the why behind the what uh, during worship, and we're going to talk about that, talk about why we sing them, and uh, each one of these is going to have a unique topic, a unique message to talk through, uh, and see what God has to say about it, and so also with the brand new series, we're going to be, if you notice, we're going to be doing this a little bit different uh, throughout the summer. I thought since we were going through some of the songs that we sing, uh, I figured uh, that what we would do is like talk about it first. First, like bring God's word out first uh, in the front of service, and then we're going to worship uh, God as response uh, to what He says in His Word uh, with the songs that we talk about. And, and here's the thing: I know for some of you, not naming names, but I'm just saying some of you get to church a little late on Sundays. All right, like you miss a little bit of the front. I'm not going to like point anybody out, uh, but some of you get like a little bit late, and so I'm just giving you a heads up uh, that this is how we're going to do it. And so we're going to be—I'm going to be out here a little earlier with the messages, and I'm just now realizing who. I'm talking to you. You're not even here yet. Uh, but like, uh, and so when you come in late right now, and you're like, "What's happening?" And my, ha-? uh, When you go back and listen to this part of the message, this is why I'm just gonna give you a heads up. Uh, we're gonna be doing this all summer long, I'm just letting you know in advance. Uh, but I think this is gonna be a great series. I think we're gonna learn a little bit about some of the songs we sing. And here's my big hope. My big hope is that we not only see why, but we just come to a better understanding of worship and the opportunity we have together when we gather here and we sing these songs to God and Jesus together. And the first song that we're gonna sing uh, or talk about singing together. There's a song you just heard uh, Benji in the, in the bumper there and it's Christ Be Magnified. Christ Be Magnified, I love that song. Here's a couple lines in a song that I love and uh, it. it says, were creation suddenly articulate with a thousand tongues to lift one cry, then from north to south and east to west, we'd hear Christ be magnified. And, and here's the chorus that we sing. We're going to sing this later today. Oh, Christ be magnified. Let his praise arise. Christ be magnified in me. Okay? And so that's the song that we're going to be talking about today. And so if, you, if you're not sure where we're heading, if you're not sure the topic that we're going to hit today, this is what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about worship. We're going to talk about worship. I figure since we're going to look at worship songs, we'll start this series by looking at and talking about worship. Really, uh, for me, if you've been coming any time, and you've heard me up here uh, a little bit, uh, I really, like, I'm passionate and want you to be passionate about really three things. There are a lot of things that that I would love to be passionate about, but there are really three things that I I want to almost, like, give to you on a consistent basis in our personal lives with with Jesus Christ, and I always want to be talking about, and one, one of those three things is prayer. Uh, I always want to be talking about prayer. I always want to be knocking down the misconceptions of it to us, and and also raise up uh, the practice and the principles of prayer. You're always gonna be hearing me talking about prayer and how important that is. Uh, And the second one that I always wanted to be fired up about in my life that I want you to be fired up uh, is being in the Bible, being in God's word on a consistent basis. You hear us say a lot, 15 minutes every single day in God's word, it will change your life. Because here's the thing, when you spend that amount of time every day, it'll change your perspective on this world, I'm telling you. And so we say that every day, 15 minutes every day. And here's what I wanna tell you about that. I've been a Christian for about 26 years now. Uh, March 5th, 1995 is when I came to Christ. Is 17 years old, and I'm telling you, every time I read something, whether it's for the first time or for the 30th time, I always get something new from God when I read it. Every and here's why: because it's alive. God's word is living, and it's it's useful all the time, every time, and so it's alive. So, I always want you to have a plan uh, to be reading God's word and to be in the Bible consistently. It will change your it will change your life. I'm telling you, it's so so important. And, and here's the third one: so prayer, being in God's word, and third one is worship. Worship. I am, am enthusiastic and passionate about worship, and when I talk about worship. Today, Here's what I'm going to talk about. Here's what we're gonna be like in the lane of worship today. It's When we come together in this place as a church, we gather together and we sing and make music and praise God and we make a big deal about Jesus and and that's what it is because I wanna make sure that that you understand where I'm going with this because really worship is a lot of stuff. It's a big, big old topic uh, and there's a lot of ways that we worship God but but it's also music and singing to God. It's making praises and singing to God and so that's what we're gonna talk about. In fact, uh, when you look at worship and all the areas of worship, when you look in the Bible and read about what worship is, uh, singing and, and music and, and singing to God and praising him like that, it's actually covered more than any other topic of worship. It's, it's the, the most covered topic in those areas uh, or than any other area of worship. And, and here's the other thing. And this is why I think it's so covered. Because all of us know what worship is in that way. All of us have that. We all know what it is. And and every one of us worship. We all worship. And and here's the thing. This is what I want to say before I get going. Here's worship in its most simple definition. We're going to kind of define it out a little bit more as we go through today. But worship in the most simplest way that I could put it that we all understand is it's one word. Wow. That's what worship is. It's wow. And we all know what wow is. Right? We've all had that in our lives. It's it's people, it's it's places, it's experiences, it's it's moments where they're so amazing or so beautiful or so momentous that you really can't describe it. It's almost just this, wow. Right? And it was right before, right below the cloud line. We were about ready to enter the cloud line, and I remember being at ten thousand one hundred feet, looking down and going, "Wow, it was beautiful." And then looking up and going, "Boy, I'm dumb, right?" Like, but it was like, "Wow." I remember when I got married, when when Courtney and I got married and and we went on our honeymoon, we actually went to Italy and it was an amazing experience. We went to a couple different places and one of the places we went to on our honeymoon is we went to Capri, uh, which is on the Amalfi Coast. If any of you have seen it, it's beautiful. And one day we were sitting out on this big deck, like this big overlook, looking over the Amalfi Coast and the water was just the bluest you've ever seen, the mountains and trees. It was so unbelievable. And I actually got a picture of Courtney on this overlook, looking over and the picture, it was just wow. And the overlook was pretty too. But I, you know, it was just, man, there you go. Anyways, um, man, I'm gonna get big bonus points for that one. But I mean, I remember uh, my son and my daughter being born and holding them for the first time, it was, it was wow. We all know what wow is. We all have those wow moments. And here's what I'll say, that right there, in its essence, is worship that we all know what that is. It's a directed response to something momentous or amazing or moving in our lives. And here's what I wanna say to you today. God put that in you. He put that in every single one of us. He put wow in you and we all have these wow moments. Here's what I wanna say. He wants you to have these wows in your life. He put those in there for a reason and what that is is worship. And he put it in us, he put that worship in us to be like a, like a beacon, like a guiding light that actually directs us right back to him. That's why he put it in us, that's why he put those people and places and moments in our life because he is the one who created that mo- moment, that person, that thing that happened in your life that makes you go, wow, so, so that we direct that wow, ultimately, listen to me, to God that we ultimately directed to him, that we're all made, listen, here's wherever you are with this, we are all made to actually worship God and God alone. But I put worship in us so that we would worship him. And he, he put it in us so that he wants us to worship him, for re- I th- not for reasons that some of us actually think. Like some of us think about that, you think about man, like God wants us to actually worship him and, and you think about, you know, worshiping him, singing to him, clapping and making noises and shouting. And, and by the way, for me, that's, that's who I wanna be known as. Like, that's a, I want to be known as a church pursuing God like that and that you see it here in our Sunday morning worship. You see a bunch of people clapping and singing and making noises and shouting and, and doing And by the way, I think that we are known for that. I do. I, I'm, so, I'm so grateful that we are known for that. I think we are known as a church that claps and shouts and, and makes a big deal about Jesus in this place. And, and we hear, you know, all those all those things going on and we hear that, you know what I'm mm, saying? You know what I'm saying? Like you know hear like, like, you just start saying, you're like, mm, come on, man. Like if you hear somebody saying, come on, you're sitting ahead of me. Like I'm behind you. I'm like, come on. Like I say that all the time. But like, I love that we're a church like that. I love that we're like that here. And, and I'm going to get into why that's important. I'm going to get into why what I just said is actually, listen to me, that's traditional worship as it's defined in the Bible. And we're we're going to get into that here a minute. But I hear some people think, well, man, like how, uh, how egotistical is God? <laughs> like th- that he needs us to, to, to sing to him, that he needs to be sung to, that, that he wants us to say how great he is. Seems like, you know, an insecure God, but see, that's twisted. We actually have that messed up in a way because God, here's the thing, God doesn't really need us to sing to him. He, that's not what it is at all. We don't sing to God because he needs it. Listen to me, we sing because we need it. We sing to God our praises because we need it in our lives, and he knows that. I mean, is it possible, I just want you to think about this, stretch you a little bit in your worship day, is it possible that what we do here, when we worship for 20 minutes, one day a week, it actually gets after more than you could ever imagine? That it actually does something in you when you participate with us and worship for, with us together, that it actually is way more spiritual than we can even understand? I'm here to tell you, it is. Anybody wanna say amen to that? Anyone, like it is, it's amazing. It's amazing what happens when we do that. And so I want to get into this today. I want to get into this today. I want to, I want to look at one piece of so I want to get in the Bible and look at uh, one place and then talk about some things a little bit. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those. And we're going to go into a place where there's a great worship experience I want to look into. And it's actually in the book of Revelation. Open up to Revelation chapter four. Revelation chapter four. And uh, I know a lot of you are thinking right now, wait, Revelation? Why are we getting into Revelations here? Like, and first of all, it's not Revelations. It's Revelation, all right? And uh, it's only one. And it may seem like a strange place to go uh, because you're thinking, you know, apocalypse and river of fire and the end times, and, and it's all that's in there, uh, but it's also a vision. Revelation is a vision of the future church. Uh, And so John, the guy who writes this, uh, who who Jesus inspires and talks to, the guy who was given this vision right down, Jesus uh, gave him a vision of future worship service that we're gonna look at. It's a future worship service that takes place. uh, And so John, uh, he's one of the original disciples, just so you know, and he's been around since Jesus was in. And right at this time in Revelation, he's he's old, a lot older, and he's actually in exile. And so Jesus shows up and wants to reveal some things that basically tell John and us uh, about a couple things. So he talks to him about um, these seven churches that that exist in that time. So something going on in the present. And then he also tells John uh, a vision of the future and also the end times. And so really, Revelation is about three big things going on all at once, and Jesus has given John all of these things at once. So he's trying his best to write everything down that he sees. And here's where we're gonna be in chapter four. In chapter four, this is right after Jesus tells him about these seven churches uh, in Asia. And, And so here's what he goes on to the next part of this. And he tells John, Here's what he sees and he writes down for us. John says, okay, then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the Spirit and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. Okay, so here's where we're at. So Jesus is still talking to John and Jesus is the one who says, hey, come here, I wanna show you something. I wanna show you what's going on. I wanna show you. And so he, John walks through the door and it says that he's in the Spirit. And so if you wanna know what that is, we actually covered that uh, in the spring in our Holy Spirit series. That he was What that means is that, that the Holy Spirit was all around him at that time. He was helping him. The Holy Spirit was guiding him. The Holy Spirit was helping him to see we can all be in that. With, with the Holy Spirit. That's what he offers us. And so he was helping John see. And what John sees is a throne and someone sitting on the throne. Now, in John's day, here's the thing. There were four kinds of people uh, that had thrones to sit on. There were only four people that could sit on a throne. There were kings. was as brilliant as gemstones, like jasper and carnelian, and the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Twenty-four thrones surrounded him, and twenty-four elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder, and in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. Now, here's the deal. What we just read there, what John just did was was his description of what he was seeing. Like that was his best way to describe. But you need to understand that this is all wow. That's what it is. He's like, I I can't even like get into to us, and, and, and how we know that he was, he couldn't even articulate it, how we know that he was just trying his best, wasn't even close to what he was actually seeing, is that he was describing these gemstones, the most beautiful, brilliant-looking things that he could think of, right, to describe the colors and the sounds and the sights, but it's not close, because he was saying, it's like that. It's, it's, I can't even tell you it's not close to that, but it's like that. And then from the throne, what he sees is he sees this light come out, like emulate from Jesus out into all these gems and all these things that look like emeralds and rainbows and shoot in every direction. And, and the sounds like thunder rumbling, like he just was like, man, it was probably overwhelming to his senses. And, when, and, and here's the thing, what happens to gemstones when light hits it? Do you know what happens to gemstone when light hits it? It refracts. Right, It gets redirected, it gets illuminated in hundreds and thousands of directions, and here's what it does, everybody listen to me, it magnifies. Isn't that crazy? This is Christ literally being magnified. Love that it points back to the song that we sing, and all these things matter. Here's what I wanna get to this morning. All these things matter. The colors, the sights, the sounds is all directed to and from Jesus. And all of it, listen, has a purpose in why John is describing that to us. And I've read through this this week. And I, as I thought through that and I thought about what we do here. Like when we worship here, like I think about how we do it. And I think about the why behind the what. I think about like all the colors we use and the lights and, and the sounds that we use and the projecting sounds that we have. And, and listen to me, there's a why behind the what for us. There's a why we do that, right? That we want to magnify Jesus as best we can. And here's what we do. We want to use the colors and the sights and the sounds that God gave us to actually do it for a purpose, that, that he gave those colors, sights, sounds, and the booms and all that stuff so that we could actually not make it not about us but make, make it about him and magnify him. It's what we see here and it's what we see happening, listen to me, in the future worship service Of eternity, we're just trying our best to emulate it as as we can down here. Okay, so that's what he's describing. We're going to drop down real quick to verse ten and finish this up and talk about a few other things. It says this. It says, "Then the twenty four elders they fell down and they worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And here's they lay their crowns before the throne, and here's what they say: You are worthy." O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. And here's the whole point of this for us. What John just described, what he saw them doing is what we do here on this earth right now. That's who we are. That's the wow that we get to worship together right now. We don't have to wait for eternity, everybody. We get to do that right here and right now. And that's what we see when we come in here to this place. And we see people experiencing him and, and they're clapping and their arms are open and they're, and they're looking and they're talking and they're, and they're shouting about God. That's the thing that we get to see. And so what John was describing there is what we're, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's waiting for us all, but it's also what captures so many hearts here. Isn't that awesome? It's what, that's what you see sometimes when you see somebody like, you know, like what's, what's in them? That's what's in them. It's wow. It's wow. It's an amazing thing. And so I believe, here's where I wanna go. I believe that this right here, uh, once a week on Sunday morning, Is one of the most unique opportunities we have as a church. You can't get it anywhere else. You can't experience it on your headset. You can't experience it on your... This is one of the most unique experiences we have when we come here together and we we sing collectively together our shouts and praises to God. And I think it's why... And it's what so many people come in here because they know who they're shouting to and they know what he's done and they're praising him for that. Amen, everybody? That's why we do it. That's what we do. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. And so... I love that picture in Revelation 4. I don't know if you've ever read that. Go back and read it. It's amazing. It's an amazing thing. And listen to me. That's what's waiting for us. But why do we have to wait? Let's do it right here. That's my point. Let's do it uh, now that we have time. So here's the thing. Here's where I want to go. Now, we saw the who, Jesus on the throne, and we saw the what uh, worship is. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to talk about the next thing. How? Like, how do we worship God, and I thought about this, and so here's what I think. I think this will be really helpful for us to see. So if we were to go to God, like if we were just to go to God and ask, all right, God, like, how do you want us to do it? Like, I see who we're worshiping. I see, uh, you know, what it is and, and, and why and all that stuff. But if we were to ask, like, what do you like? Like, what is your style of worship for us? What do you want to see? And here's what's great about that question God actually gives us an answer to that question. God answers uh, that in actually a couple books of the Bible, but primarily he answers it to us in the book of Psalms. He gives us the answers of how we're supposed to worship. The book of Psalms uh, is the biggest book of the entire Bible. I think it's the biggest book for a reason. There are 150 chapters in the book of Psalms and what it contains mostly are songs and singing and praises uh, to God and it's God's answer. It contains his answer of what worship should look like. What does traditional worship worship look like? How do we go about that? And so I decided to dig in a little bit on this and I think it'll be helpful. I hope it will be. It was really cool for me to to dig in a little bit uh, with the original language. And here's what I found as I went through the Old Testament and it's all in the book of Psalms as well. Uh, When you look up worship and praise, you're going to find nine Hebrew words that God uses to describe what he wants to see, what he's looking for when it comes to how to worship him. Nine Hebrew words that he gives to describe it. I'm going to share some of those for us today. So uh, I hope you grab your notes or write them down or put them in your phone, because they're really neat uh, to look at, and I'm going to share some of these to help us see, listen, a couple things. The expressions that God wants to, to see, uh, and, and some of the things, uh, the styles that, that he says that we should have that are acceptable to him, so I just want to let those fall on us uh, as we challenge ourselves and get encouraged in worship here, uh, and, and so let's just look at it. I'm, gonna go, I'm not going to go through all nine of them. I don't have time. Nope, don't have time, so we're going to go through five of them uh, and, and get to them today. Here's the first one that's described, and it's the word, it's the most common one, and it's halal. Halal, and here's what it means. It means to celebrate, to boast, to rave, to be clamorously foolish. Now, if you see the front of that word and you notice something about it, it's actually where we get the word hallelujah from. That's that's the first word that is described, and it's kind of funny because actually if you look at some of the songs the word hallelujah is in, uh, it's actually not sung as much as a celebration or a rave as much as we just got mono. You know what I mean? It's like hallelujah, but that's not what that's not what hallelujah is all about. Here's what it says in Psalm 69. It says this. I'm going to show you like where these words can be found. It says, okay, I will hallel. I will praise the name of God with, a song, I will magnify him with thanksgiving. And so we praise God, we give passion, and there's a passion and an excitement uh, that we have about Jesus when we sing to him, when we when we give praises to him. There's something powerful, there's something powerful about the collective praise of people singing to God. And I don't know about you, but it is for me. It's powerful for me because it pushes through my own circumstances. When I come together with all of you, it pushes through the circumstances, pushes through the heaviness and and the distractions and the pains and all things. And I don't know about you, I need that, everybody. I need that in my life. And there are so many times where I come in here heavy hearted. I'm telling you, there are times where I come in here with a drained spirit. But then I come into this house of worship and all of you, through your collective praise and worship God, lift me up. And I wanna tell you that I'm so grateful for the church that I have that does that for me because sometimes I don't even feel like getting up here, but man, God uses you. The collective praise of the people to, to, to celebrate God. And it's, just, it's the spiritual medicine that I need. Anybody wanna say amen to that? It's the spiritual medicine that I need. Yeah, it is. And that's the description, that's the first description, the most common description that we get, the word halal. Here's the second one, yada. Yada. And here's what this one means. It's the extended hand, or the outward hand, in public. So one of the expressions that God says is acceptable, that he's looking for, the style that He wants, is kind of bringing, his ha- bringing our hands up in worship to Him, that He wants to see us raise our hands in the air. And here's why I think this one is actually a really big one, if you're thinking through this in your own worship style, and what do you do? Why he says this is important? Here's why I think it's important. I think when we do this, when we, when we raise our hands in the air, it, it kind of creates humility. To do that, it's almost like, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, I'm surrendering a little bit uh, of myself and my pride and say, man, okay, God. And it's almost like we're reaching out to him. God, Here, I I wanna reach out to you. I think that's why this one is so important. Uh, And here's where it's found in Psalm 67. Uh, It says, let the peoples, and I wanna notice that it's all of us together. It's not just in silence. It's when we're here together in public. Yada you, praise you, oh God. Let all the peoples praise you with our outstretched arms to him. And and here's the deal for me with this one. I I thought about this one. Uh, In the years that I've been a believer in Christ, and uh, this is just where I got with this one. This is where I got, this is where I landed a long time ago. Um, I raised my hands in the air for a lot of things, everybody. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like I do, I just kind of do. Like uh, when uh, Henry or Roxy scores a goal in soccer, I kind of do it. I did it yesterday. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh yeah. Or, or like I do it when I watch a football game on a Saturday. Even when I'm on the couch and not in the stadium, I just kind of do it uh, on my own. And I do that uh, as well. And, and there's nothing wrong with doing that at all. God put that in us. I think he put it in us, the, ooh, like an expression that we have. But, but here's where I landed, everybody. I mean, if I could do that for a football team who doesn't give a rip about me, how much more? Come on, how much more can I do it for a God who's done everything for me, everybody? Come on, it's just where I got. It's just, it's just got easy for me to say, no, 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 that, that's how much more I can do it, man. And so, and here's my thing, wherever you're at with this, I just wanna be consistent in my life. I, for me, I just wanna be, if I'm doing it for my kids, man, if I'm doing it at a party, I could do it for my God who's done everything for me. So yada, here's the third one. Tehila. some of you just woke up and said, whoa, whoa what did a pastor just say? Whoa, I'm in listening. I said tahila, okay? I didn't. Uh, it's not the drink, uh, but the revol- the, re- the results can get you close to what's uh, if tequila's on your lips, all right? Like, but here's what it is. Not making this up, it's exuberant singing, okay? It's exuberant singing, so that's another way. And again, I, I just found where it is. I, I'm just gonna let it land. Here's what it, this is in the Bible, this is the exact word, it says this in Psalm 34, I will extol the Lord at all times, and his tahilah will always be in my lips, everybody. Like, that's just straight from the Lord, okay? Like, that's the tehillah we wanna be a part of, all right? Just in the name of Jesus. That's the way. So there's the exuberant singing. We don't just kind of say, you know, we don't have like the groomsman pose. We're like, come oh, on, man, come on, let's sing. Here's the here's the here's the other one. Here's the here's the next one. Uh, zamar, Zamar, uh, and what it means is to play an instrument. To play an instrument. So God made music. God made music, he made instruments, he made all of that for a reason. Like, And here's what I want to say like, and I know you agree with me, Like, there's just something that happens when we have instruments playing and we're singing together. Uh, it just moves the soul differently, doesn't it everybody? Like, That's why I think we love worship here. Like, there's just something that moves the soul differently when all of that and it moves through a person differently. And I think that's why God uh, made it. Uh, this is one of my favorite ones. This is in Psalm 108. Here's what it says. It says, my heart is steadfast O God. I will sing and make melodies Amar with all my being. Now listen to this, this is what I love. Awake O heart and liar, I will awake the dawn. And so we come and we we make a lot of music. and We make you make our instruments go. And there's so traditional. This is all. By the way, this is all traditional worship. Everybody, this is what traditional worship really is. Uh, there's nothing new that we're doing. Okay, it's all traditional. Uh, but it's making music and using instruments. And and by the way, it's not just playing. I don't know if you notice that. Like we're doing it to awake the dawn. So I'm saying like don't you slap the bass. You know what I'm saying? Like you slap it, slap it. Like you know what I mean? Like we slap that bass out there and we just hit the hit the gongs. You know what I'm saying? So that's what wham it. We like wham it. And so that's just traditional worship. Here's the last that I want to share real quick. Uh, Shabbat. Shabbat. I'm not, there's no way I'm pronouncing these right, so just a little grace there. Uh, Shabbat. I'm sure you have to have a lot of phlegm with that one. But here's what it says, that you announce with a loud voice. Announce with a loud voice. Here's Psalm 63. It says this, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will Shabbat you that they're gonna be loud, there's gonna be a a loud voice on this one. Uh, You know, one of the comments that I hear a lot, and I've heard this a lot in the past, not as much today, but you used to hear it a lot when we were in the elementary school and and coming in here, heard, man, like your worship, uh, your worship service, man, there's a lot lot going on. There's a lot of lights, there's a lot of colors and stuff, and man, it's loud, it seems, kind of seems like a rock concert. And I'm like, yeah, it is, it is. Shouldn't it be, everybody? Come on, shouldn't it be? That's the God that we worship. I wanna make a big deal about him. That's the music he made. That's what I wanna be, man. That's what traditional worship is. It's as old as the Old Testament, everybody. That's what I'm telling you. There's nothing new about what we're doing. We're just looking at what they say to do, and we're like, okay, let's do it that way. And when we come in here and we clap and we praise and we make a big deal, we shout, we're not saying, man, we're awesome. We're saying, God, you are awesome. Amen, everybody? That's what we do. And listen, and here's what I wanna say like so we are loud I, I make no bones about it we're loud and there is a time like there is a time to be quiet there is a time for reverence for the Lord we're going to do that in a little bit when we take communion as part of our worship uh, but there's also a time to shout about him there's also a time to make a big deal about him anyone agree like right we agree right that's what we want to do and so I'm just showing you what traditional worship is everybody and and, and I'm showing you that, that we have that's what and here's what I think I love that we have that here Like as I was going through that this week, I I just almost was so encouraged because I'm like, that's what we have. I love coming into this place because I know what's gonna happen. Every single Sunday, I love this church of mine because I know we got people that are clapping and shouting and making a big deal about Jesus and we are not quiet about God, I'm so grateful. Was that helpful, anybody? Like, I think that was pretty helpful for me. I thought it was pretty neat to go through. Yeah, it was pretty neat. So help you. And so for for some of you, I think maybe that was a little encouraging. Maybe some of you knew those words. I didn't know all nine of them. I thought it was kind of neat to go through. And for some of you, uh, just like me, hopefully it lifted your spirits. Like, I know it did for me uh, as I was preparing that. So uplifting to know that's what I get to see uh, when I worship with all of you every Sunday. And here's the thing. There may be some of you uh, that are a little challenged. Like you're a little more challenged by this. Uh, and, and what I just talked about and when I said, this is the style that God says, this is what he likes, this is what traditional worship is. And, and you know, a lot of you may say, or some of you may say, not a lot. we well, you know, that's just not how I worship Andy. Like, I'm not in a cloud, I don't clap that much. I'm not really, you know, I don't really, and it saying, and it's not for me, and you know, that's not the only way to worship, Andy. And here's what I want to tell you. I agree with you. Like, I'm, I'm with you. Like, that, that's not the only way uh, that you worship. And I, I think it's great that you worship God in different ways, okay? Because listen, you have six days, 23 hours, and 40 minutes to worship in all the other ways you want. You got 20 minutes with us here, and I want to make a count in the name of Jesus Christ. That's all I'm saying. Give me 20 minutes of, of your praise and shouts and worship to God. Do the other ones for the other six, 23 hours and 40 minutes. Does that make sense? Like we only like, got. We just. I want to value this time so much. I want to value. And, and here's the, so many of us are doing that. And I think some of you, you need to come along with us. Something's holding you back. That's. It's not from the Lord. And I just want to encourage you to come with us, man. So freeing, I'm telling you. Whatever that is that's holding you back, I just want you to get a step closer to letting it go, everybody. You hear me? To let it go and enter into the worship that God wants to have. And I'm just hoping it encourages you a little bit. Uh, And so here's what I want to do to end. I want to end by just sharing a few things. because I think there are some of you that that need to be pushed a little bit. And I I want to tell you something, man. I felt like so inspired by God. I want to be bold with you. I'm going to be a little bold with you in our worship, man. I want to encourage you and get you there. I've decided I want to get us to the heart of God. I want to see where we are And see what God wants it to be, and see a revival in some of you in the way you worship. I just want—I feel it. I feel like some of you need a revival in your worship, and I just want to encourage it, encourage you. So, so I'm going to end by sharing just three things, a couple things, real quick, uh, because I think some of you do want to get there. You're like, I don't know, you know. I'm going to just give you three things that I believe happens with a lot of us who are here, uh, who worship God the way that He talks about and says. And there, I think there are three things that all of us probably do, or most of us probably do, to get ourselves ready for that and experience the worship that He wants us to have. And man, I'm telling you, if if you want to get there write these down and think about them in your life just three things practical things that you could do to get you better there here's the first one is that you got to prepare your heart prior to worship okay you got to prepare your heart prior to worship because he, he, here's what i know i know like trust me i know Getting here is an effort, okay? Like you, some of you should get a medal for sitting where you are right now because you got them there without killing them, and you parked, and your clothes are straight. You know what I'm saying? Like I get it. Like I know it's hard to get out of the house, and so I get that. Okay, I'm just gonna, I just want to encourage you for one more step, and it's an easy step. It's something that all of us can do to make one more effort, and here it is. Don't just get your body here; get your spirit ready too, okay? Don't just get your body here; get your spirit ready too. And here's what I will say: a couple things. So, on your way to church, you could do this, no matter what's going on behind you in the van. You can just say, "God, just meet me here right now." Right? Like, that might actually help you get in here. You know what I mean? Like, meet me here right now. You could do that before I enter. Meet me right here, God. And if you do get here a little earlier in service, like man, just open up your Bible a little bit, get the U version out, read a couple of verses. I'm telling you, it will do. It will make a world's of difference in getting you ready for worship. So that's the first thing: is prepare your heart before. Second thing: is participate. I want to challenge and encourage you to participate with us, okay? Just participate with us. Don't let distractions get in your way. Again, you're, you're only here like tw- 20 minutes of our time is worship, man, Give, drop your phone for a minute, man. Like, get your eyeballs on that screen, and here's what I want you to decide, man. Like, I'm not going anywhere, so I'm gonna be here. You, you hear what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going anywhere, so I'm going to be here. And you know, for some of you, like, I'm just, I just feel it in my spirit, man. You need to express a little more to God. You know it, God knows it, and, and, and that's what's missing. Maybe instead of being a spectator, maybe you just need to push yourselves a little bit instead of just looking at the words, just sing them a little bit. Just to sing them a little bit. That's all I wanna encourage you to do. Uh, you know, maybe stepping out. Maybe some of you do need to raise a hand. Okay, and listen, it's, I, I'm, it's not like you have to. There are times, it's not like we're like this the whole time, you know what I mean? Like there are times for it, but I know he calls us to do it. And I think there are times where you feel it and, and sometimes like just don't be worried about other people looking at you. And I want to, let me clue you in on something. They're not looking at you, okay? Like, trust me, they, they, you, there's nothing to look at, okay? You know what I mean? Like, they're not looking at you. That's, and part, that's part of the reason, everybody, why we make it a little dark in here. It really is. There's a why behind every what we do. We make it a little dark so that it helps you do that. And I'm telling you, some of you need to get a little bit uh, further down the road, man. You need to, you need to let go a little bit. You need to let go, man. You Stop holding back. Stop worrying about what it looks like. And that's my my prayer for some of you. I know it's gonna happen. I know it's gonna happen, it might happen today. Like my prayer, my hope, so you're almost there already and you just haven't done, but you're like singing and I could just feel it coming for some of you and you're just like, oh, there it is. There it is. And you're just gonna go like that. And then and I'm like, yes, like that's what I wanna see. Like just, just a little bit. And then maybe eventually it'll get like there and then you'll be like this and then you'll be like me where I'm like, woo, Like, you know what I mean? Just wherever you wanna be, you know? So. Some of you don't feel comfortable doing that. Listen to me, I'm okay with that. Like, listen, it's not about the position of your hands, it's about the position of your heart, everybody. You hear me? But I just want you to see and understand that it is from God, it's an acceptable way of worship that he calls to do. And here's here's the third thing, and I gotta get done. Praise God always. You hear me? Praise God always. One of my favorite verses in the book of James. And it's in James 4 8, and it says, draw, we, we draw near to God. That's what we get to do here, everybody. And what it says, here's, draw near to God. Not, not when I just feel like it. Not when everything's going okay. Not when just the song that I like is up there. Not when my circumstances are perfect and all that stuff. No, no, no. That we, There is a time that we come with all we got and with all of us here, and we draw near to God. And here's what it'll say. Then he'll draw near to you. He'll come close to you. come close to God and he will come close to you. He'll respond to you. He wants to respond to you. He'll give you an answer and he will show you, listen to me, the way, the truth and the life of Jesus Christ and what he could do for you. Everybody's a worshiper. Don't believe you're passive in your worship. We all give it to something. And I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, man, like, I want to think about where you put it. It's really important to think about where you choose to give that worship to, okay? Because a dynamic takes place every single time you say, wow. Every single time you do it, there's a dynamic that happens. And God is the only thing, only thing worthy of our worship. Let's pray. God, we come to you, and I'm just so thankful that you give us these expressions that you don't let us be passive in this, that there is something that happens when we come to an understanding of who you are, what you've done, that we want to be a a church of people that collectively come and sing your praise out, that we are not worried about what others see, that we just want to focus on Jesus and what he did for us, that, that you call us to these amazing, amazing definitions of worship. And I'm so thankful that we have these descriptions for us to be challenged and encouraged about and be spurred on to do. Help us to just be genuine right now in our worship today. We love you. And we pray for this in Jesus' name, amen.